Star Wars 7x7 episode 2249. Today, the second half of my interview with Alex Segura, the author of Poe Dameron, Freefall. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So yesterday was part one of two of the interview with Alex Segura, who is the author of Poe Dameron Freefall. And today, surprise, surprise, I've got part two of that interview for you. We're going to talk about Zori Bliss. We're going to talk about Babu Frick. We're going to talk about a bunch of other things. And so before we get into that, I do just want to give a quick shout out to our friends at Audible that made it possible for me to offer you a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial by going to sw7x7.com slash audible. Sean Elias Reyes is the guy who reads Poe Dameron Freefall. We talked about that previously on the show here, and he does a great job giving you a Poe Dameron that feels a little younger, which, you know, he is in the novel, obviously, but that's how he has to be portrayed, right? And it's a great contrast to, say, Mark Thompson doing Resistance Reborn Poe Dameron, right? Or hearing Oscar Isaac do it in the theater. It gives you enough of the feel of Poe while also giving you his age, his comparative immaturity, and, you know, this incredible adventure that they go on. So Poe Dameron Freefall, great in audiobook as well as regular book, and sw7x7.com slash audible is where you can get it and support the show in the process. And without further ado, here is the second half of my interview with Alex Segura, the author of Poe Dameron Freefall. So what would you say would have been, you know, the most challenging part about writing either for Poe, you know, who had, you know, is a known quantity versus writing for Zori, less of a known quantity. Like what's, what becomes challenging about writing for those characters for you? Uh, I think the challenge, and, and it, it's not with a negative connotation, I think it just, it, it required some work was to really immerse myself. Like I'm a fan, so I know the material, but also immerse myself in the Poe po lore, you know, kind of seeing everything that was established in the canon and trying to find little pockets of story, you know, like characters that might resonate. Like I really loved what Greg Rucka did on in Shattered Empire, the comic series that um, yeah. focused on on Kess and Shara Bay. And I love the short sto- story he wrote in the in the, the book that came out right before Force Awakens. And obviously, Charles Soule had a really dynamic run on the Poe Dameron comics. So it was reading all that stuff and kind of cherry picking elements and seeing how those would play into Poe's early years. And so so I guess my, my point is, you know, the, the challenge with Poe's story was that there was so much stuff to weave through and and respect. You know, I, I didn't want people to read it and say, oh, he forgot this, or he didn't, this doesn't sync up with something that came before. Oh, yeah. And oh. on the, you know, like, it's a challenge. It's, it's a challenge with any kind of shared universe IP. But um, you also want it to feel on its own as a great, fun adventure you know and i wanted it to have the rhythm of a star wars story you know i wanted people to read it and feel like okay this has got the action the character development the epic you know battle between good and evil and and the cool new characters and i wanted to interject a lot of that so that was the big balancing act like making sure it fit into the the poe canon and the star wars canon in a meaningful way and added an important beat to his story but also on its own was a really meaningful story um, and as far as Zori, I think the the big the challenge was that it's a lot of pressure because, like you said, there's not a lot established with Zori. So it's really you're kind of creating thing, something out of whole cloth, obviously with in conjunction with with Star Wars. But um, 
Lucasfilm, I'm sorry, but, you know, that was a little more challenging just because it's at the other end of the spectrum. You don't have as much stuff established. So it was really cool to introduce a lot of new characters that are integral to her story, like uh, Tommaso and the Spice Runner group that that Poe finds himself in. And, and you'll find out there's a few other ones, too. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know this is going to get into a little spoilery, but um, the novel's been out for a while, and I know that other people have been talking about this in general, so I think I'm okay, okay. To, to say this. But the choice, I was really, you know, really fascinated by and enjoyed the choice of portraying Zori as Zori Wynn at the start of the story, and you know mm-hmm. it was confusing, and uh, you know had you guessing throughout the novel to see you know well, what is this about and is you know what kind of assumed identity is this is this actually her what's going on and so um can you talk a little bit about you know the genesis of that idea yeah i just wanted to i wanted to it was a little bit of a red herring because you see zori win and i think you first assume okay so she's a she's a newish spice runner eventually she'll become zori bliss in some way But I just wanted, like you said, I wanted to keep the readers a little bit on their toes. And so the big twist, when you see a big, there's a big twist kind of towards the, I think at the beginning of the third act, or you kind of realize, okay, this is all a ruse and she's really tied into the hierarchy of the Spice Runners. I think that had more impact because we set it up from the beginning that, you know, it's it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but I think it was was played, um, played honestly. You know, I, I love writing mysteries, obviously. And so I feel like, you as a reader you're able to figure it out if you're paying attention to the little clues you know there are characters that are a little overprotective of zori there are villains who seem to be out to get zori early on before we realize like her true backstory and so when that's revealed um it's the kind of thing where a reader will hopefully say oh wow i shouldn't i I can't believe i missed that (laughs) right so do you think that you know your experience in writing some mystery novels private investigation novels like do you obviously you've brought that to the table like is that something where it's it's said oftentimes enough that one of the reasons star wars is so successful is because it's not necessarily self-referential that it tends to adapt from other forms of storytelling so would you say like you specifically kind of set out to you know bring that element to it in some way yeah i mean my my uh bread and butter is writing noir crime novels and uh I definitely wanted to bring a little bit of that to Star Wars. And I also wanted to dig in and kind of show the landscape of the Star Wars criminal underworld. You know, we have ideas, we hear about different gangs, but I wanted to really paint the backdrop of how these gangs interact with each other and what the dynamic is between, like, you know, the Pikes or, you know, the Spice Runners. And and, uh, and I introduced a few other new new players onto the scene. And um so definitely, and that the, the Zori reveal was a little bit of the mystery. That was the mystery that starts unfurling, and then there's more more twists down the line. But um, I, the, the way I described this when we first announced it is that it's a crime novel in space. So you get to see corners of the Star Wars universe that maybe you aren't as familiar with. And it's I feel like it's much less mythical feeling. You know, it's a little grittier, a little more grounded. Um, there's obviously bigger elements at play, like, you know, the empire has fallen. The new Republic has, has, is now uh, trying to reestablish itself. So a lot of the big elements of star Wars are there, but at its heart, it's a really kind of gritty crime novel. Yeah. And that is actually one of the things I particularly appreciated is that 
because the space in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy is really kind of open at this point, we don't know a heck of a lot about what's happened in those 30 years. You gave us a window into what happened with the criminal underworld that we haven't had yet. And, oh, I'm trying to do the math off the top of my head. I think we're still a few years ahead of where the Mandalorian is with your novels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now we can, you know, even see how, things will be a couple of years ahead from where that TV show is going to be. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to, like you said, that's a really unexplored area of time, that gap between Jedi and force awakens. And so that was liberating, but it's also there's pressure involved because by writing this novel, which is in Canon, you're kind of defining a lot of elements that are in play during that era. So you want to complement the stuff that already exists, but you also want, like I've said before, you want to create something new and entertaining on its own. And I suppose that's where support with the story group would come in. Yeah, for sure. They were an amazing backstop and creative partner. You know, a lot of the story beats uh, they were excited about. And we had a lot of great conversations about what they wanted and, and you know, what, what certain things had to happen. And then I got to chime in and give, give some insight on what I wanted to happen. And it was really an exciting collaboration. And uh it was a great resource and just like, Hey, what should, which, you know, I need some technical support or I need an idea for, you know, what planet to put here. And a lot of it was from me and my own research, but you know, they gave great feedback on whether it would work or not just based on what else had been canon. Yeah. Uh, was there anything in the process of writing that, you know, surprised you as you were doing it, like unexpected inspirations or for, you know, characters or elements of the story or anything like that? Uh, you know, I had a blast with the new characters and then I kind of include Zori into that because she was such an open space in terms of creativity, just painting that picture of the Spice Runners hierarchy and creating characters like, uh, you know, Ziva Bliss and Tommaso and, and Vigilch and Gentry, like all these new characters that I felt like were, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, it's my own bias, but I felt they were really well-defined and kind of complimented Poe. And I was really, you know, I was really fond of Sila Troon, who is the uh, yeah. Republic Mm -hmm. officer who plays an integral role in the story has a, a very strong vendetta against the spice runners so it was cool to kind of uh to create her and also have her play such a key part um so yeah that was fun i wasn't expecting a to have that much freedom and that was really cool once once i started on the assignment to realize that it was a, there was a lot of space to be creative and create new things and new elements and then the actual work was really fun that's excellent. And I'm glad you mentioned Sela. I'm sorry. It's, is it Tune? Is it Tune? Thune? True. Trune. Trune. Yeah. Oh, it's an R, not an H. Why was I thinking? Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. sorry. That's my bad. My apologies. No worries. No worries. Yeah. Um, but even the description of the New Republic, I mean, we talk about the criminal underworld and how it's evolving in the time period, but also the way the New Republic is trying to deal with everything going on. And you can see how things are starting to fray a little bit at the edges. Yeah, I think one of the things I wanted to show is that, you know, whether it's the Empire or it's the New Republic, criminals are going to be criminals. You know, the criminal <laughs> underworld is going to do what it's going to do, and they just need to pivot based on who the new boss is. And I think Gentry says it at one point. She's like, oh, you know, the New, new Republic like, seems very similar to the Empire in terms of how they react to the criminal underworld. Um, but you also see that the reach is not as, as strong as it was with the Empire, which was much more, you know, uh, extreme in their measures. And so the New Republic's resources are not as not what the Empire was. And so they can't reach places like Kijimi or, or 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 manage a lot of the criminal underworld. And so you see that 
kind of flourishing uh, under the New Republic. And so I wanted to give that contrast. I, I also read a lot of books about organized crime as my own like pleasure reading. And so that ended up informing <laughs> this book just to uh, to paint a better picture of what the criminal landscape was in Star Wars. All right. Um before we wrap up, I do have to, and I alluded mm-hmm. to it earlier, but I have to ask about Babu Frick. So how does it feel yeah. to have added to the legacy of everyone's favorite George Smith and arguably like the most popular character in the new movie? Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was, uh, and he's a pretty key part of the story. Like at the end of the book, he comes in and kind of plays a very key role in imposed survival and uh it was fun you know it just was the challenge was getting you know his his voice right and making sure it it evoked what we saw in rise of skywalker and also was funny but also heartfelt and you know you want to capture the essence of the character and especially a character that's so beloved and uh just just came out and it's kind of a, a phenom a phenomenon in terms of how how people responded to him so it was a blast it was so cool to be able to include him and to and to write about him I had the opportunity to talk with Mark Thompson, who did the audio narration for the Rise of Skywalker novelization, mm-hmm. and asked him about Babu Frick and about you know, how difficult was it to rein himself in, you know, not to just completely go hog wild with the character. <laughs> like, do, did you yeah. feel a similar thing? Like, I mean, you know, could you have made it an entire novel about Babu Frick if left to your own devices? Yeah, you know, like if it was completely up to me, I guess it would have just been like Babu from page one. But he's also referenced pretty early in the book. And that was done kind of for a laugh, like for the fans to read and say, oh, my God, it's Babu. Like he's coming, like kind of as a teaser. Yeah. And Poe, and I'll spoil the scene because it's, it's, it's early in the book. Poe, here's Zori kind of gushing about Babu and he, he gets jealous. He's like, who's this Babu character? Mm-hmm. And of course, we, the readers, know that and uh, the, the people that have seen the movie. So it's just he's, he's a big part of the book, even though his, his screen time isn't like perpetual he's not in there throughout but he's a big part of all the kajimi scenes and, and that was fun yeah and i think you've basically opened the door for there to be a babu frick book uh, about dating advice yeah 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 there's a few fun lines there that uh, I, I hope people will remember <laughs> <laughs> well uh, it's a great novel it's a fun novel it's called poe dameron free fall and for anybody who wants to keep up with your work and what you have next on your plate, where should they stay in touch with you online? Yeah, you can find me on my website, which is alexsegura.com or uh, on Twitter, which I, where I'm pretty active, which is at Alex underscore Segura. And I have a Facebook author page and uh, you can find me there as well if that's your jam. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat with me and to share all these insights about Podrammer and Freefall with our listeners. I really appreciate it. And I hope you and all your uh, friends and family continue to stay safe and healthy. Likewise. Thanks so much. This was a blast. And there you go. That's the interview with Alex Segura, the author of Poe Dameron, Freefall. And check him out online. He gave you all his details there, and I'll have them on my website as well, sw7x7.com. And that is going to do it for the show today. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.